This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, why is understanding the psychographics of your ideal customer so important to your business? Now, if you don't understand psychographics, you're gonna at the conclusion of this episode. You'll also know why it's important to understand who your ideal customer really is. From the Aftermarket Radio Network, hello there, Carm Capriato here. Now, my panel discusses the importance of building relationships with customers that see the value in your business. Now, remember, listen to learn. Just one thing. Hey, thanks to our partner, Shopware. Have you seen Shopware's Messenger in action? You've got to see it to believe it. You can use live chats to send photos, videos, part summaries, and even payments. You can do all of this within an RO. Unbelievable, right? See my friends at Shopware. Get shopware.com. I've always wanted to do this topic in depth that we're going to do for you today, identifying your ideal customers. And as my friend Joe Marconi says, all I want is for those people to come in and drop their keys and say, fix it, Joe. Am I right, Joe? That's true. Those are your true profile customers. Yes. Your resume is so long, but I'm only going to read like four four things of it. Osceola Garage Automotive Center in Osceola, New York. You recently, I believe, sold your business. Sold. Not retired. Sold. Yes. And I will explain the I'm not retired moment. Elite Worldwide Business Development Coach. And you've been with Elite for so long. I know you teach some of their most outstanding classes. The co-founder of AutoShopOwner.com it's a great website, great place to to hang out if you're a service professional. And thank you so much for posting our content there. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, columnist for Ratchet and a Wrench. Are you doing the keynote this year? Yeah, the keynote in September. I aspire to have all your energy. Marty Long is with us. Hills and Dales Auto Care, Northwest Canton, Ohio, near the Football Hall of Fame. Hey, Marty. Yes, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Glad you're here. And uh, Brian Lagas, the principal at Speed Sport Tuning in Danbury, Connecticut. You do Euro Porsche vintage competition vehicles. It's so cool. I'd love to see your place. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. Come on down. I'll give you a tour. Thank you for having me today, too. Both Marty and Brian are new voices. And Joe, thanks for pulling this together. I know they're clients. They're clients of yours. Joe, there's nothing better than saying, just drop your keys, you know, just take care of my car. And if that's an ideal customer, well, how do you nurture that? How do you find that? And I saw Joe present at the Elite Invitational in San Diego, maybe a month and a half ago now. I'm not even sure. Could be two months as fast as time goes. And, and I was so impressed that I, I went up to him and I said, listen, would you come on, bring a panel and, and let's take your principles and what you've done in your business to sort this out. We all want customers that are easier to retain. If there's a, a metaphor to drop the keys, that means it's an ideal customer. It's more target marketing than mass marketing and especially the way we hit so much, you know, let, let's just throw, you know, 50 bucks at Facebook and see what happens. But if you could find out exactly, Joe, who it is that you need to target, it's going to stretch your dollars. I think that's the key point here. You know, a lot of us in business and, you know, we think that we have to be 
everything to everyone. And that's not the case. And early on in my career, I tried to be that. I tried to mimic some of the chains, you know, uh, back then you come in for a set of struts and you could get a free alignment and things like that. And I found out that, you know, um, it's very difficult to sell to that type of customer until you built relationships with. So I kind of got away from that mass merchandising type of mindset and went toward a more targeted mindset. And, you know, if you're a Walmart, a Target, you know, you you look at business differently than a Ruth Chris Steakhouse or Eddie V Steakhouse. So, and we want to be more in line with understanding who our true customer is for the long term. If you can build a customer base through relationships, you'll have long-term customers. You don't have to worry about the churn and burn, you know, getting new customers. You'll always need new customers, but in order to identify your true profile customer, it's all about relationships and building those strong relationships. And that's, if you think about it, that's what most of the independent world does. They don't rely on the, you know, the heavy advertisement budget and, and the marketing budget, that enormous marketing budget. They're more targeted to, to, to the community. Understanding that mindset will build a stronger, stronger database and a stronger long-term, long-term um, business. Joe, I'm a struggling shop owner, and I'm just taking anything that walks in the door. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm a, got a sandwich sign out front. I'm doing anything that I possibly can. They all come in. Is there a point in time in the chaos that I'm creating that I need to stop for a moment and say, wow, there were really a couple of great customers that walked in that I could build a strong business around? Yeah, there's a time and place for everything. And if you're a struggling shop owner, you've only been in business six months, a year, and you don't really understand your market yet, then yeah, you 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 may be at a point where you've got to take in these customers because you don't know, especially if you're independent repair, all makes, all model, which is getting very difficult these days to do. But yeah, but if you take the mindset that you're going to start building relationships with customers, find out who they are, what they do on the weekends, find out all about them. Do they have kids in Little League? Do they, are they involved with fundraisers? Once you start building relationships, it has to be your culture. And everyone on the counter, everyone that speaks to customers, it has to be that culture. You will find that if you take this, take this mindset, you'll start building strong relationships with customers. And then you'll find out that these customers are probably the ones that eventually will throw the key on the count and say, Carm, I'm here for that 60K. Just do it. Call me later. That's what you really want. Marty, somebody walks in and they're really an ideal customer. Do you basically take their name or do you take do you put it in a bucket and you say, oh, my God, this, this is an ideal or basically take that customer list. I mean, get some data from the computer and sit down and look deeply in volume and type of vehicle and mileage that are there, the kind of work we did, the if it's maintenance, did we sell them tires? I mean, all of that stuff for you, does that matter in helping build an ideal customer? I started out a lot like Joe did. You know, we've been here 22 years. At the beginning, you know, we were, we were taking everything in. High car count, low ARO, you know, as we grew and things evolved, you know, we were able to look at history, what we've done and target our, our ideal customer. You know, we call them our gold star customers. You know, they come in, you know, they want something like Joe would say, they toss the keys on the counter, call me when it's done. You know, we're, our schedule's packed. You know, gold star customer comes in, you know, it's, it's, yes, sir, we'll, we'll get it done. We'll, we'll get it in somewhere 
along the way. And, you know, as, as we've been in business 22 years and, you know, as things go, as we've grown and changed and adapted to the climate, you know, our car count has gone down. Our ARO has gone up. Radio has been awesome for us for attracting new clients. My daughter, uh, she does our radio ads. She's been doing it. She's 20 years old now. She's been doing the radio ads for 13 or 14 years. We've had the same guy write the ads. It's all branding, imaging. People talk about the ads. You know, we never offer a promotion, a special. It's all who we are and what we're about. Would we say that this customer knows us, likes us, and trusts us? And they're an ideal customer. Those are definitely key characteristics that I look for. And data is data, and it's important. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, what has really been value in our development of our customer base is really building relationships and fostering relationships with the people that, that clearly recognize the value that we bring. That side of, of the marketing, for us, at least stems from those relationships and understanding how those people interact with us and, and the value that they see in us. And of course, we're promoting the value that we offer, but to some people it's obvious and to others you really kind of have to point it out. And the people where it's obvious to them right from the get-go, uh, they seem to evolve into those customers that, you know, like, like Joe describes, it's like, sure, do whatever it needs. I trust you. We've established this relationship and we're going we're gonna to continue without question almost because uh, they do see that value in what we do they understand that we're professionals and we're going to look out for their best interests so to take that type of relationship and say how can i get more of these relationships has really been beneficial for us so how they found you is key right i mean you do you care uh, if if there was a, if there was a songbird another customer who was a songbird who, who was really speaking in your behalf yeah, word of mouth is strong. At one point, I relied in my first business, in my first shop, I relied almost exclusively on word of mouth customers. And, you know, it, it's not the best way to grow your business because obviously marketing is a huge component to this. But uh, that word of mouth customer comes to you without trust issues. You know, their, their neighbor told them, their uncle told them, their dad told them. They said, hey, you got to see these guys. They're not going to waste your time. They're not yeah, going to rip you off. So this is a good yeah. place to go. Yeah. So they show up on day one and they're they're prepared to have a, a solid, honest relationship with you. Yeah. When you speak about marketing and advertising, if you can identify your profile customer, two things are going to happen. You you want to continue to market and brand to your profile customer. You want to keep yourself top of mind in their brain. You never want them forgetting about you. But what you're actually doing is, is reaching your profile customers over and over, and you're, and you're also targeting the same lookalike audience, which you're going to stand a much better chance of gaining those customers too. You know, it's a much more effective way. Trying to be everything to everybody, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It really, it works for a short period of time. Like you mentioned before, yeah, maybe there is a time and place to do that, to try to bring everything in. But there comes a time in, in our business where, you know, like Brian said too, you have to understand the value that you bring. Some customers see it immediately. And like Brian said, some customers, you have to, you have to show them the path. And don't forget, I'm not presenting this from a standpoint of a psychologist or anything, but I learned a lot about people. And I did some research on demographics and psychographics. And there's only so much data you can get from your, your computer system, your business system. You can know about their 
cars they drove, where, you know, they drive where they live, mileage they put on, what they've done, maintenance, repairs, whatever type of customer. But you really, when you understand your profile customer, you need to understand the psychographics of your demographic customer, if that makes sense. And what that means is, what do they like to do on the weekend? What are they involved with? Are they involved with fundraisers? Are they, do the kids play local sports? What do they like to do, like to read? radio station they like to listen to. These things you cannot understand from your database, but you will understand by building strong relationships. Part of this whole process is how does the uh, service team interact with the, with the customers? So if, let me give you an example. If we find out that a lot of our customers are involved with the local sports association for youth sports, and we're going to be heavily involved in that area. Again, to do two things, reinforce our brand to our existing profile customers and reach the same lookalike audiences that match up to your profile customer. So psychographics are, what, what do they like to do? What, what, who are they as people? You know, geography brings them together, right? They live in the same area. But what's common about them is what they do on the weekends, after school activities. That would, that's what holds them together, what's common about them. So psychographics, it lends itself in a, in, a, in a way that makes you understand your customer even better than you think you did. Hey, aren't you tired of being tired after a crazy day at the shop? Take the frustration out of your work by speeding up the processes that bog you down. Start a repair order based on a canned job. Check. Order parts from a menu that includes every supplier within seconds. Check. Now send all that information with photos or videos to a customer via a live chat on their phone. What? No, I'm not kidding. Check that box. Get an approval faster than ever so you don't tie up a bay for hours. Check. Hey, it gets even better. Once they see the summary of work they need, next time they ask you to fix one or two more items today. Boom, that bill goes up and you make more. Then, get this, they pay you on their phone before they even pick up their car. This could be your life, my friend. Talk to my friends at GetShopware.com. I quote the, the author to be wrong, but I think it was DeJulius uh, came up with uh, this, this acronym called FORD, F-O-R-D. And if anybody had a, has a CRM system attached to their software or you track details about your customer, F is for family and O is occupation, R is recreation, and D is dreams. And as much as you could find out the stickers on the car, what's in the back seat of the car, are there there any wrappers from a fast food place in the car? There's so much to learn about that customer. Well, that helps you understand the psychographic of that particular customer. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. In my experience, leads into, you know, the, the further development of that relationship. Maybe that person has a set of golf clubs or a tennis racket or something in the back of their car. And it gives you a talking point to say, Hey, you know, uh, I also play tennis at the local club. I don't play tennis, but I'm just using that as an example. (laughs) Um, there are so many things that you can kind of just get them talking. And then once, once you have that relationship, then you learn more and more about them. And then that opens up more and more opportunities, even, even from a marketing perspective, because you may find out that, you know, that person belongs to a country club or they belong to a book club or whatever. Whatever the case may be, and it, and now that is a new opportunity for you as as a business owner to to kind of infiltrate that to say, look, 
we can we can be part of this too and and not only just from an advertising perspective and come see us uh but more of you know can i sponsor it can i do something for you can i do something for your club or your interest uh which may also bring you know more of similar like-minded people into my company you're building this ideal customer in your mind, and we talk a lot about avatars and, you know, ultimately maybe coming up with the name of that, that ideal customer. But when you start going down that pathway, how often do you engage your people in, you know, seeing how this is filtering up? Because I would have to believe that your counter and even your technicians know an awful lot who your ideal customer should or could be. You're right about that. And I think it has to be part of your culture, part of what you do each and every day. You cannot, number one, in any company like ours, which is a service-oriented company, is to understand the customer, to take care of the customer, to know the customer. So everything, I tell my, well, I used to tell my service advisors, if you see something, if they come in with a, with a dog, with a, with a kid dressed in a, you know, maybe a hockey uniform, whatever, or they have a set of golf clubs that are taken out of the back of the car, that's an opportunity to make a connection. And I said, put that in the remarks section of your business system. This way, next time, especially if they're a first-time or second-time customer, it has to be part of every single... It can't be, let me have your keys. Yes, you're bringing in the Buick today. Yes, we'll do those breaks. It can't be that. It has to be all about the customer. Everything should be a conversation. And when they pick up the car, if it's a Friday or Thursday, what are you doing this weekend? If it's a Monday, what did you do this weekend? And those questions has, has to be presented in a way that you're really trying to find out you know, all about them. And like I said earlier, if we find out that a bulk of our profile customers are going to be at the heart walk or the blood drive on the weekend, then we got to be part of that. We've got to be part of that. What's better than than my customers sitting in, in, in the bleachers on a summer night and they see my logo on the back of the kid's shirt and a billboard out on the on the ball field and what pride they take. Oh, that's my auto repair shop. Yeah? And then it's a sense of belonging. It's a sense of, community it's a sense of culture you know that and then it's just it's just it, it's powerful marketing we, we sometimes we think that we want to be everything to everybody like i said earlier and we should be nice and polite to everybody but when you come down to it build your marketing program and build your advertising program based around what's important to your key profile customers what i'd like to ask is this question is it working and if it is then is there less stress on your people? Yes, it is working. More stress on my people because, you know, as we constantly grow, you know, our customer base is growing. I think Marty's talking about the um, growth and his keeping your foot on the pedal. Right. And I agree with Marty. And Marty's right on target that he really is. When you have a customer that, that, that's been there for five, eight, ten years, and they come in four or five times a year, and that customer needs brakes or tires, there's no real, you know, I, I get to a point, I tell my service advisors, get to a point where it's not selling. It's just telling. If your brother came in, if your best friend came into your shop today and, you, and they needed brakes and tires, would they really say no to you? No. Is it really about price at that point? No, it's not about price. You know, we have to be competitive, but we got to be profitable and you got to know that balance. But before I remove myself from the counter, I used to handpick on the schedule, oh, Jones, Smith, you know, to go down the schedule. Those are the ones I knew my profile customers and... You just, you can sell them anything because it's a relationship. 
it's the quality of your interactions, you know, that, that really set the tone for your day. And, and I think that, you know, stress is one thing. Stress is always here. I mean, we're busy, 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 and it's, that's just the nature of the industry. But, you know, if you're, if you're stressed because you're busy or you're stressed because somebody's beating you up all day, those are much Mm. different scenarios. And, and, and the ideal customer for the most part is not going to beat you up, you know, and that, and that just makes your day a heck of a lot easier and a heck of a lot better. The people that are listening here and saying, well, yeah, I got a couple thousand customers that, that kind of are active, but what should I get down to? What, what should I really look at to really find out? You know, we could have 5,000, 8,000, 10,000 people on our customer base. If you've been in business as long as I have, you know, I was in business over 40 years. So that database is large. What we have to look at is how many of those customers are active customers. So when you look at your active customers, you could have... Three, four thousand, two, whatever it is, you know, you got to take 20% of those customers. And that really, that 20% of your customers, the 80 20 rule applies there. And it's going to generate about 80% of your profits and sales. But in order to build a, a marketing program around what your true profile customer is, what I did, I took 20% of the 20%. So that's how I got down to about 200. And then from there, I started chipping away at it. So you got to take the 80-20 rule first and then 20% of the 20% to get down to about those customers. Now, it sounds like, well, that's, that's a select few. Yeah, it is a select few. But what you're doing here is you're building your marketing program. You don't want to be a shotgun, which is spread out. You want to shoot a rifle, which is targeted. If you're going to spend money to attract the ideal customer, you want to know where am I spending it? And you want to know when that person walks in, there's two cars in the family, they got to go. You've basically said to yourself, wow, my marketing is working. The people I want to do business with are coming in the door. Yeah. Now you don't always know. Like you bring a customer in, it could be because they heard about you through Facebook, through a radio program, you know, a radio spot. If you have 10,000 people in your database and you have people coming in all day long, you got to be nice to everybody. You have to be equal to everybody. The same respect, the same, everything applies the same because you don't always know in the very beginning how that customer, because they go through cycles. They have, they're testing the waters too. You know, they're trying you out too, right? They want to find out about you. You want to find out about them. But the sooner you can start building the relationship right on the counter and every single time they come back to build that relationship, when they return, when they return, you, you know, you, you just, you just want to do all you can to, to continue and foster that mindset. It's a much stronger, more powerful way to establish your business in the long term. You're seeing what's coming in. Your target marketing is working. You got to treat everybody identical, everybody the same. Yet, they're proving to you that they're your ideal customer. Like Marty said, you know, when that customer comes in, it's a gold star customer. The world has to stop and say, yeah, I know we're booked. I know we're booked. But that grinding noise, okay, we're going to. We're going to take you in. We're going to check it out. Yeah. So finding an ideal customer, Brian, let's talk about the market. Let's talk about community. Um, Chamber, BNI, Lions Club, Rotary, all of those. Are you members of any of them? Do you participate with any of them? Does that help? 
you know, I think really just being within your community, being creative and, and finding the best ways to get in front of people that might actually have a sense of like pop or surprise, because I'm the guy who I go home, I go through the mailbox and I see all the flyers and all the things and I throw them right in the trash. You know why? Because it's not unique. There's nothing there that's grabbing me. So, you know, I've tried the, you know, kind of the mass mailers and we still do them periodically, uh, even targeted mailers uh, based on the, the DMV grand list where it's like, I know this customer customer owns or potential customer owns a vehicle that we specialize in, you know, and you, and you send those types of target audience mailers out and you might get a 1% return, you know, if you're lucky. And, you know, I think that you get more return if you're in an environment where it really stands out to people. We, for example, we have a, a pretty heavy presence in the motorsport world. So I advertise heavily at the racetrack. You know, my name is everywhere. I try to be as active as yeah. possible. And that's my clientele. So those people yeah. see my name and, and they, they understand that I'm involved and the company's involved. They see my guys, they see all of our employees, you know, and, and my employees are, are friendly and, and willing to help whether you're our client or not in those environments. It's, it's memorable for people. Yeah. And I think that that is important because not everybody needs you right now, uh, but maybe their neighbor does a year from now. And they say, oh, what? You know, maybe the guys over at Speedsport, they can help you out. And, and that, that really goes a long way. He summed it up beautifully. To send mass mailers out, direct mail, I mean, there's a place for that. But to, to think you're going to be this mass marketer and attract people, that's not, how, that's not how it works. The perfect example is, you know, Brian understands his customer base at the track. That's part of what he does, you know, motorsports. And what, what, what he's doing is he's reinforcing his brand to his existing customers and yet also targeting the same type of customer. And that's what it's all about. You summed it up beautifully, uh, Brian. Perfect. In our industry, like we're a small component of what's going on out there. So, you know, for us to mass market, it falls on deaf ears often, I think. And and we are so targeted, as, especially in my company, we're so kind of hyper-specialized. It's hard to just throw a blanket advertisement out there and hope you get something back. So it, it, it goes back to, you know, spending your money wisely and, and really having that kind of, accuracy, rifle accuracy in, in who you're trying to reach. Uh, great stuff, Brian. Thank you. Marty, can you share anything on, on where you're uh, spending your time in community or for your target Gold Star customer? Years ago, when my kids were in junior high and high school, they were involved in sports. So, you know, we dealt with baseball, basketball, lacrosse, football. You know, we sponsored every, every sport my kids were in, my daughter, uh, band, Boy Scouts, whatever they needed, you know, we were there, we took care of it, you know, we made a lot of great contacts with the parents, high school years, all the kids have cars now, you know, where, where are they going to take the car? And like Brian said, you might not need us now, but you know, we're out there for you. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Can you give us some of the traits, if you will, of your ideal customer? It's a tough question only because um, there's a lot that goes along with that. A lot of Businesses want to define their customer with, with right down to a, a component. It looks like this and it talks like this and this is what it, and that's not as easily understood in terms of what a business is looking for. So, but in, but some of the examples I would give it, you know, are, um, family, married, millennials till just about re retirement age, income over a hundred thousand dollars in my, in my area. Uh, they'll, they drive usually an Asian car. Two-car family, they commute back and forth to work. They have a third car in their, in their driveway, which is 
uh, usually an SUV or a pickup truck. Then the psychographics would be community involvement, fundraisers, uh, sports associations, PTA. As you can see, it's, that's the reason why I said it's not that easily defined to just one particular area. It's broad because you, you, we can't pinpoint that target group down to the point where it's strictly based on demographics and data. So it's, it's very interactive. I have many, many customers who may not spend a lot of money, but they are still an excellent, excellent customer because they, again, see the value in what we do and they appreciate us and they, and they are wonderful to interact with and they also spread the word for us. And there's as much value in that as, as a guy who comes here and spends you know, some astronomical amount of money every year on his, on his vintage Porsche. But you know, I think it comes down to the, to the business too. You know, demographics are important, but you really have to ask yourself as a, as a business owner, uh, as a shop owner, and say, what, what is it that's important to me in this customer? Because it's not always just about the money. Uh, there, there's a lot more to it. And, and for me, you know, the, going back to that 80-20 rule, a big component of that, of that 80-20 rule for me is how easy is that person to deal with? You know, and, and going back to, yeah, I'm going to drop the keys on the desk and you're just going to do what it does and, 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 and you're going to charge me what you charge me and I trust you. Ultimately, that's what you want. Uh, but, it, but it takes a lot to get there and develop that relationship with, yeah. with all of the different personalities out of there. And the psychology component to it is, is huge. I mean, you have to interact with every personality on an individual basis and adapt to what it is that they need from you. Of course, within the model of what it is that you you offer and the and the, and the quality and value that you offer to the clients, so it, it's it's a hard thing to pinpoint. But uh, you know, ultimately, yes, they they should uh, be be fairly affluent, um, own multiple vehicles. In my case, and ideally have one kind of fun vehicle, which is oftentimes where people are willing and, and happy to spend money. We do a lot of Porsche here, and Porsche in the Northeast is not a uh, an active uh, vehicle year round in most cases. So we have a, a small window to work with those folks and they, they want to get the most out of that driving season and, and they're willing to invest in that car that they love and they're passionate about uh, even more so than their, their daily driver that, that needs to be reliable and safe. The, the fun car is really where they want to spend money. So for us, that's important. Joe, he just said a mouthful there. It could be our way, but it still needs to be their way. Yeah, well, you know, he's right. We have customers that have been with us for... Well, I did. I, when I, before I sold my business, um, 30 years, 35 years. And if you watch the progression of these customers that, you know, 30 years ago, they had young kids. Now they're retirement age. They don't fit into this, you know, what this customer looks like, but yet they're true profile customers. So it really matters of um, the ease of the transaction when the customer comes to the counter and how willing that customer is to stay with you because uh, how strong they value the relationship. That's what it's all about. And it's not what we do either, by the way. It's not what we do that matters. We all basically, except for Brian, but you know, most repair shops do the same thing, right? They do the same thing. It really comes down to how the customer views you and how strong they feel about wanting to support you too in, in the community. And that's what it comes down to. I want to uh, make a comment, Joe, about... You always saying uh, my business, and I don't think you'll ever stop saying that. So don't. I, you know, <laughs> don't. I'm trying. It's only been six months. So I got to tell you all about Joe. Uh, I started the podcast in March of 2015, and 
Joe was with me in episode 11 and 12 uh, back in in May of 2015. So you were one of the pioneers that said, oh, this is a cool idea. I'll give this guy a shot. And you didn't come on. And seven years later, 20, uh, over a thousand episodes. Thank you so much for that. I got to make a comment quickly about one of the things that Scott Felger said, who was with us here on Facebook. He says, we're not in the auto repair business. We're actually in the relationship business. We fix more people than cars. And, you know, that's not a bad way to think about finding your ideal customer because it's not about the car they bring in. It's really about them. It's 100% accurate. About two hours ago, Scott just saved a person. He saved a person. It was my daughter, Tracy, who, of course, is my right-hand person, and she's my content director. And her car wasn't going anywhere when she stepped on the gas. And so she pulled over into Scott's place, who's a good friend, been on the show before, and is like two miles away from her place. And he had her fixed in an hour because we're leaving to go to a conference on Monday. She's got a little travel weekend planned, and she's all up in a tizzy. So you talk about Scott having an ideal customer and Tracy being saved. (laughs) It's not. It's not about the price. It's about how you, what you did for that customer, right? I know. Oh, th- this was great, guys. Thank you. I, I think we we flushed out a lot of great ideas, and, and I think there's so much in this episode for for the audience and for the industry to uh, uh, help identify their ideal customers. Joe Marconi, Osceola Garage. Uh, in Osceola, uh, New York, elite worldwide business development coach, co-founder of autoshopowner.com. Please go to autoshopowner.com. Check it out. It's full of great content. Joe writes articles, I think, every day. Columnist for Ratchet and Wrench. Marty Long, Hills and Dales Auto Care, Northwest Canton, Ohio. And Brian Lagas, principal at Speed Sport Tuning, Danbury, Connecticut. Thank you so much for this, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Colm. Thank you. Thank you. Great Thank show. You. Great show, as always. We're out, guys. Thank you. Wow. Joe, thank you, babe. I don't know how you keep up with uh, with everything you do, but I have to thank you for the push that you give to the industry with all all the blogs and all the articles you write. And they're, they're all spot on. So if people listen to my show and read your stuff, they have nowhere else to go. Uh, Colm, let me just throw it back at you because what you've done in the past seven years, eight years, whatever it's been, it's, it's a, I know you don't like hearing compliments, but I know that, but I'm going to do it anyway, Calm. It's really, you, you've been a big benefit to this industry and tremendous. You brought so many shops together. I mean, it's just amazing what, what, what you've done. So keep it up, please. Tracy, keep it up. And you're a great addition to it, Tracy. I'm glad, oh, I'm you. glad that your work as this team, it's really good. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.